We have uh, a little update here on the well, the ongoing saga of Apple and the App Store and the fee, the Apple cut, the Apple tax. Some people call it the Apple tax. Mm -hmm. This is the this is the money that Apple takes from in-app purchases, in-app subscriptions, things like this. They have a few different deals with different app makers, but famously, we have companies like. Epic, companies like uh, the Match Group, mm -hmm. they they got the Tinder stuff, so they're, Apple's making a boatload from them on the monthly recurring fees. Who else do we have uh, that Spotify. was upset? Spotify is another big one that was upset. So anyway, we have all this uh, stuff that happened. It culminated in Fortnite coming down from the App Store in an ongoing legal battle between Epic Games and Apple. And... Uh, really just a conversation around whether or not what Apple's doing within the App Store is fair. And I'm not really here to tell you one way or the other. I mean, the court's going to obviously decide what is and isn't fair. Uh, Epic says the current setup hurts consumers eventually because, you know, they the example they had was the thing they did in the App Store. They offered their products at a cheaper price, mm -hmm. eliminating Apple's cut, and that was sort of what led to the whole thing, knew they were going to get banned when they did that, but that's sort of what set the wheels in yes. motion. Uh, so they're saying, hey, the customer will be saving money if we didn't have to do give this cut to Apple, and that's the case that Epic was making, and it's the thing that's being heard in court right now. But see, Apple, Epic positioned it as a thing where Apple was the big bad 1984. They put out the commercial. You remember this? Mm-hmm. Apple's the big brother, and we're just the small guy. Well, Epic ain't no small guy, but they're smaller. Yes. And same with Match Group and these others. Anyway, so under this pressure, Apple comes out, and don't tell me this has nothing to do with it, Will. Don't tell me that, because I believe it's got to have something to do with it. Mm. Too much of a coincidence over here, but Apple has come out, and they have, they have cut in half their App Store fee. That 30%, that Apple tax, they cut it in half. But you know who they cut it in half for? Only the small companies. Mm. You see? So they're trying to change the narrative over here. They're trying to say to Epic, oh, we're not the big bad Apple. You're the big bad Epic. We're big like you. But here, we're going to make it easier on the small guys. And they came out and said, oh, the reason is because we got the COVID situation. Small businesses are hurting. So we're going to cut our cut. We're going to cut our cut in half. 30% down to 15%. Now, this applies to companies doing less than a million bucks. Right. And you might think to yourself, well, okay, sounds pretty good, Apple. In fact, Sweeney from yeah, Epic. Yeah, Sweeney from Epic, he came out and said, you know what? Okay, fine. For smaller developers, that's okay. That's uh -huh. good. But then you dig a little deeper and you recognize it's not exactly as it appears on the surface because truthfully, Apple's revenue that they generate from the App Store... Of, I mean, a tiny percentage is coming from these companies under right. a million bucks. Mm -hmm. And the exact number is inside of this particular article. You have, uh, what do they say here? Those developers, which, by the way, represent 98% of the companies that pay Apple a commission. So the majority, and this is the same in a lot of businesses, top percentage mm -hmm. do the, the most volume, but 98% of the companies that pay Apple a commission... Fit, fall within this under $1 million category. However, 
those developers count, accounted for less than 5% of App Store revenues. Hmm. Think about that for a second. At the end of the day, Apple's going to win. So now they get all, they get 98% of the App Store community on their side. They say, oh, thanks so much. Good guy. You gave me that. Yeah. But they keep 98% of the revenue they were raking in on the 30% deal. Uh-huh. You see how this magic works? Hmm. You change you change what's happening out yeah. there in the media and you get the New York Times writing this thing over here. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they bring up these other factors as they should. And and you can look a little deeper to realize that, uh, well, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. And we're going to get into that in the very next story. But first, a word from our sponsor today, which is uh, one of my favorites, that's for certain. They're, uh, they exist on my body right now. And I can't say the same for all of our sponsors. I mean, some of them, like uh, HelloFresh, they exist, exist in the body yeah. Yeah. after I have had the, the meal. Yep. This one over here is on the body, and it's making me feel smooth. It's making me feel comfortable throughout the day. I'm talking about me undies. And I got exposure to this brand just recently, believe it or not. I mean, I heard the brand, but I never tried it out. Then I try it out, and all of a sudden... The softness, the fit, the finish, and, and believe it or not, well, it's not just the undies. Even though I know you, the way you were thinking, you say me undies, you were yeah. thinking it was just the undies, but it's about so much more. You they see, it's ropes. about the pants, the lounge pant. And oh, of course, yeah. people are getting ready for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And you know what you do during the holiday season, Will? What's that? Yeah, you lounge. Yes. I also noticed that they come with ropes, too. You could do, robes. hey man, whatever your style. Maybe it's maybe it's a robe you need to lounge in. Maybe it's the pant. Maybe it's the jogger. It's completely up to you. One thing is for certain, regardless of all this, whichever product you put on, you're getting that micro modal type of texture. Mm. And that's what I'm in it for. This is the softest material. And it's the only thing you want to put against your skin. Mm. So anyway, uh, I, I suggest you go check it out. I suggest you get ahead of the holiday orders. I suggest, in fact, you pick up a few things for the loved ones because they're going to be looking at you after they tried it on. They're going to get back to you and say, you improved my life. Yes. And they're going to do it with a straight face. Mm-hmm. So anyways, you guys can catch a deal. Go buy a gift or go pick up a style for yourself. Go pick up a set of PJs. Go get ready for your lounging. Uh, you're going to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. You see that? A little extra action for you as an Unbox Therapy or a later viewer. All you got to do is head over to MeUndies.com slash later. That's MeUndies.com slash later. And I'll have that link in the description in the notes down below as well if you just want to click the link instead. It is 15% off and free shipping for yourself for a family member, for somebody you love. Soften things up this holiday season. You didn't expect me to go out like that with that much smoothness to it, but it was a smooth fabric, so I had to just get in there like that. All right, so next up, we have some of the feedback from those big players that I mentioned that account for such a big percentage of the actual revenue generated through that app store and their argument as to why this is bad for end users, regardless if it looks good on the surface, regardless if 98% of developers are covered by this split, by this halving of the fee. And so first up, you have, uh, we'll have a quote here from, oh, I don't know, uh, why not Spotify? 
Apple's anti-competitive behavior threatens all developers on iOS, and this latest move further demonstrates that their App Store policies are arbitrary and capricious. When you pull out the vocabulary, then you're really upset. Yes. Their suggestion, and they all have this in common, the, the, this group that's upset with Apple, they're, they're saying, look, it's not, about, it's not about this little gesture. It's about what it means for the end user at scale with the successful companies. That they, they all come back to the thing of you end up paying more because that's not a cut that goes to us. We can't adjust our fees accordingly. This is a giant chunk that just is taken right off the top. Now, mm -hmm. by the way, I feel the need at this moment to also cover the other side of the story, which is Apple's position. And it has been the same the whole time. Hey, you want access to our customers, to our wonderful ecosystem, to our wonderful app store, which has however many credit cards already associated with it, making it easier to buy things in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you know I got to cover their side as well. Yeah, they built the framework. Because they, they do have a side, and that's why this whole thing ends up in court. All right, here's the word from, uh, more word from Spotify. We hope that regulators will ignore Apple's window dressing. That's what they're calling today's activity. Mm -hmm. And act with urgency to protect consumer choice, ensure fair competition, and create a level playing field for all. Now, Match, they jumped in. Match said... What more evidence of Apple's anti-competitive and monopolistic behavior does anyone need? So they're saying, since Apple did this, they just buried themselves. They're saying they kind of admitted this thing was wrong from the beginning, which is why they made the change. Mm -hmm. They're kind of, they're going to go in court and say, see, they know it's a little much. Now, Apple, of course, they're not going to agree to that. They're going to say, they're going to go in court and say, no, no, we were helping the small guys yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. It's a different thing. That's what Tim's going to say. Mm-hmm. If he ends up there. Of course, I'm talking about Tim Cook. Well, we got two Tims. We got Tim Sweeney. We got Tim Cook. It's Tim v. Tim. Uh -huh. Just keep that in mind. TVT. It is Tim Sweeney, is it not? Yeah, it definitely is. That's Epic Games CEO, of course. He says, this is fantastic news for small developers, but it's not good for overall consumers. And it comes back to that same idea that uh, everybody could be saving a bunch of money if Apple didn't take that piece. Mm. Uh, look. It's going, to, it's going to be a while before this whole thing gets figured out. I will agree with Mr. Sweeney that it's great for that sm for the small percentage. You know, they're doing whatever 2% of the revenue or whatever the number was, but it does represent 5% of the revenue, but 98% of the app store. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people who would be impacted by this immediately yeah. with the small business. Yeah. And so this is a weird one because you could say shout out to Apple. But you could also say shout out to Tim Sweeney because if I'm one of these small time developers, I got to be wondering, is it the pressure applied by Epic and what Epic did that led to me getting this 15 points back? Right. Someone's it, fighting for them. It might like, be. Ooh. And maybe that's what Tim wants. So Tim Sweeney, I'm talking about, not Tim. Anyway. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways to look at it. You tell me down in the comments, would Apple have done this just because of COVID and throwing money back? people, Or are they only doing it because they're under heat? I think either way, you end up with the result you're looking for. Uh, but I'm curious what people think, what led them here. I'm guessing it's epic pressure. Speaking of epic pressure, Fortnite actually is coming back to iOS in a very weird way. Mm. And I don't know if you read this story, but people have been trying to figure out workarounds to get Fortnite back on iOS. It's, it's proven to be quite difficult in the absence of the App Store and being embedded into the into the device in that fashion. However, you got this new 
game streaming service GeForce Now because we need more game streaming services. Yes. GeForce Now, that's NVIDIA's product, and they're bringing out game streaming on iOS Safari in the browser. Now, all these companies having to find these workarounds because Apple's not making it easy to launch your great game streaming service in the App Store. And so the browser workaround is something that was it Facebook gaming was working on? And I mean, there's yeah. just been a couple I mean, Stadia of Stadia is using the web app. Stadia was using, using uh, the web app. So there's been some examples of this as a workaround. Well, Epic is going to be a big part of GeForce now. And so of course people started wondering, all right, so if this thing works inside of the Safari browser, I'm playing Fortnite, aren't I? But it's not that simple. You're not playing Fortnite mobile. And one of the things that made Fortnite so popular on mobile was the optimizations for touch-based input, mm. the ease of aiming and things mm -hmm. like this. You didn't really feel you were at a huge disadvantage. The problem here is going to be kind of like a, well, kind of like the PC game mapped to mobile and then in an attempt to get, they're, they're really suggesting, in fact, that you use a controller attachment mm. because it's not going to be optimized. Right. Now, at least in the short term, so maybe that will change down the road. But nonetheless, they're excited. NVIDIA's excited. Epic is talking about it. They found some kind of workaround that seems to uh, seems to get past Apple's exclusion for the time being. And, of course, this is all coming in light of the, the other news around the slashing of the, of the cut. It's a lot going on. It's... it's uh, it's like it's like on one side, on the Apple side, they're trying to make some small changes to send signals to their customer base that they're still in this, that they're on the right side. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you have Epic trying to find any way in yeah. to get back to that customer base, even if it's like they shake hands with NVIDIA, they do the presentation, and then they come back around that way. Yeah. A lot of uh, <laughs> small ripples turn into like big tides. It's great. Oh, wow. <laughs> You've been holding on to that one for yeah, a while. A bit, yeah. yeah. All right. Is that one written down on the little sketch pad you got I right got, there? Yeah. Like, I'm going to get to that in a minute. So uh, anyways, I don't know. I guess I guess it's a bit of a consolation. I've been curious about those Fortnite gamers, addicts that play pr uh, primarily on mobile, like what they've been doing in the meantime, mm -hmm. if they gave up the game or if they went to a different platform. I guess having the ability to play it, if you're super into it, uh, you have some kind of way mm -hmm. on the horizon here. Speaking of playing games, you 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 were all excited earlier today. You, I came in here and you were like, Walmart is restocking PlayStation 5. You were so pumped. Yeah. Because, well, man, this turns out to be the target for the holidays. Everybody's talking about the PS5. They want the PS5. And I was like, Man, I think you're on Walmart.com. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I was like, I don't think you're. Not the Canadian side. I think you need .ca where you're located. I don't think .com is going to ship it to you. And uh, you were very upset. You went to .ca and that website was crashed. It crashed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you had quite the morning, and yeah, it didn't go long. the way that you had hoped for. But it is true that Walmart.com did hit a restock, and it was making waves. It was the top of my technology news. Imagine that. This product is so hot that the restock is requiring all kinds of news updates. Well, as you might have expected, that restock sold out immediately. Mm. And uh, people are, once again, back to being upset. However, I do have some good news for you. This is coming via inverse.com. There is going to be one more big 
restock taking place. All right. Are you ready for this, Will? You got to write this down. Walmart will add more consoles to its stock at 7 p.m. Eastern on November 25th, 2020, which is the day before Thanksgiving in America. When that date and time roll around, refresh the PS5 and don't forget the PS5 digital edition store page to try to purchase at that time. The thinking is, the rumor is at the moment that this will be a bigger restock in consideration of Black Friday, which right. is the day after Thanksgiving, that this will be the last big restock mm. prior to the holidays. So you may have a lot riding on this. There are other places oh, you yeah. can check, including Sony Direct. But Walmart has kind of... They have an edge for some reason. Some reason, they have appeared to be the place that you need to be refreshing if you want a shot at one of these mm -hmm. things. I mean, there are others you can check. Sony, uh, Sony Direct, Best Buy is in there. Too, not too many people talking about Amazon. Amazon seems to just add it when they have it. They don't make an event about it or even let you know. So you could be refreshing that forever. But yeah, it appears that uh, Walmart is ground zero for fresh PlayStation 5s. Well, I'm on it. Going forward. So you're going to be refreshing anyway. Yeah. Uh, this one, we have a little bit of a Huawei update. Huawei is selling its youth brand, otherwise known as Honor, uh, who knows? I mean, I can't say I'm surprised by this. They've been getting bombarded from every angle, from all... I mean, it's been really hard to do business if you're Huawei over the past year. Been nearly impossible to do business. Now, they had this sub-brand that they worked a lot on, invested into, did, did all kinds of marketing and all the rest of it, and development and... Uh, manufacturing. I mean, they had a, they they had a, a legit sub brand in Honor that also was getting choked off once the the sanctions and whatever else were being applied to Huawei. That applied to Honor also. So Huawei takes a look at the landscape and says, "Well, maybe we should try to get some value for this Honor brand right now before things get worse, and we got to pack it in." And so anyways, a number of vendors actually came together to make a bid to purchase the Huawei or the Honor sub-brand. The company that bought it, Shenzhen Zixin, New Information Technology. And the company is a consortium of more than, you know, I love the word consortium, by the way, 30 agents and dealers of the Honor brand. So they ran out of inventory. They're like, we don't want this brand. We're selling this brand. Mm -hmm. We want to do something with it. We'll take ownership, whatever it is. I don't know how they manage this deal, but 30 companies come together to pay the fee. Now, we don't know what the amount is. It was not disclosed publicly, but the thinking at the moment, the speculation at the moment is that Huawei now takes whatever this cash is for selling off the Honor brand puts it into R&D for their own hardware components that they currently can't get. So they take this influx of cash and they expedite the process of building their own chips and things like this. Mm -hmm. That's the speculation via BBC. Look, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to get value for something. Well, it still has a little bit of value. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got to be part of it too. Yeah. And the fact that it's not disclosed publicly, we have no clue how much the Honor brand is 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 currently even worth. You got you to gotta imagine given the, the leverage is on the side of the buyer at this point. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, it looks like that brand is going to stick around. It's just going to have a different back end, uh, different 
parent company and we'll have to keep keep an eye on it and see what it means for future devices mm -hmm. are they gonna is the honor brand now gonna go buy from non-chinese suppliers could you have honor devices with qualcomm chips like i don't know and what about the os things get interesting the os they should be clear they should be clear now because the sanctions or the, the vanilla I, android i don't know if they're sanctions or what the correct term is for them but the restrictions imposed by the u.s government uh applied to Huawei specifically, not all Chinese brands. So mm. now you're under this other Chinese brand. Presumably, you just go back to Android straight away. Right. You skin it up. You know they're going to skin it up, but you yeah. you can use the main the main Android stuff and install it on new devices, play services in Western markets and all the, all the other important stuff. Mm -hmm. Google is rolling out end-to-end -end encryption for RCS and Android messages beta. This is big news. I don't know if you know this is big news. Uh, you ever typed a message before? Rarely. Really? No. 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 What are you using for uh, uh, for the messaging these days? Mostly. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm using WhatsApp or as well. Slack. Well, you have you have encrypted communications on WhatsApp, yeah. and of course, people on iOS they have in encrypted communications on iMessage. People love the the rich communications. Get it? RC. RC. You see where I'm going there? RCS. And in encryption, of course. Sim simple terms here extra security privacy the carrier and the and the maker of the device cannot read that message that message can only be decrypted by the endpoint to which you intend it to go hmm. so the messages between you and that and look man outside of apple it's been a tough situation trying to get beyond sms on the android side yes even though guys like you use what are using whatsapp and in certain parts of the world like um, everybody's using whatsapp or in some other parts of the world, WeChat and other messaging apps, that SMS thing it still persists in certain yeah. in certain ways. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's of course it's just a really low tech, old school technology that that they've been talking about replacing for a long time, but nobody really took that big stab at it. Mm -hmm. Now with this global rollout, any Android user can get RCS with Google's very own app. You can just go get it yourself. Now you would replace, let's say you're on a Samsung device, you would replace the messages app that you're currently using for SMS on Samsung with this one. Hmm. And the other issue is if you're typing to somebody who's still using low tech SMS, then there goes your encryption as well, right? Uh -huh. You have to be, it has to be end to end. So the other person on the other end is gonna have to download the new messages app as well, in which right. case you're gonna have that encrypted communication. And of course, you have the issue with group chats, where if you have people using different messaging apps inside the group chat, that breaks it down as well. Right. So it's important to know the restrictions, but ultimately, this is really good news for Android users moving forward and getting away from SMS in the markets where people aren't already using. And, and, and for the record, even if you're using WhatsApp, still, if somebody hits you from a phone number, you can't, you're not going to tell them go to WhatsApp before you reply. You're just going to reply. Yeah. And so if people get used to the idea of installing the default, the stock messaging app from Google, mm -hmm. or if it's embedded in more devices out of the box, then people are getting upgraded without even knowing. Mm -hmm. And so that's the eventual reality that I'm hoping for. But I'm happy to see an upgrade to SMS. SMS is just, I mean, it's painful. It's so old fashioned, it's got no tech in it. It's got no yeah. uh, no special features. It's doing nothing for you. And they have a MMS too. For, oh, uh, what a nightmare! Yeah, MMS nightmare. So 
anyways, uh, this is an improvement for all Android users. And it also brings Android a step closer to being a real replacement for the iMessage thing. Now, I know it's a whole different ecosystem. All your pals or whatever are inside of iMessage. I've heard all the arguments, and I hear you. Uh, iOS users, I hear you. There is definitely an advantage for the time being, but this gets things closer because mm -hmm. now you have something at least stock in there beyond old-fashioned SMS. Right. Tesla, some bad news for Tesla over here. Tesla slides to the bottom of Consumer Reports Reliability Survey. They uh, they slid all the way down to second last, I believe, out of almost 30 brands. And the only model Consumer Reports recommends or calls reliable is the Model 3, and that's it. Hmm. And we kind of, uh, I feel like in this, in this show, we've talked about how the Model 3 feels like the best Tesla in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we've talked, we've had done a couple of stories about people facing issues with the new Model Y. Uh, panels not fitting in correctly, subpar yeah. paint jobs. I mean, we've seen this stuff floating around. If you follow the Tesla websites, you can't avoid it. And so those were actually some of the issues that got uh, pushed Tesla way down the ranks, second from the bottom. It was actually 26 brands that were in the list, and it was pulled down mostly by that Model Y, but also the Model S a little bit. Uh what did they say the problem was? Uh, they said, oh, faulting the device, the vehicle, sorry, faulting the vehicle for quality issues with body, hardware, and paint. So this is some of this stuff like a panel flies off or it's just putting the car together type of things. Yeah, manufacturing issues. Yeah, manufacturing issues. And it's, I mean, you and I, we talk about this all the time, how it's... You have a great, you have the great idea. You got to make the great idea. You got to produce, execute, produce yeah. cars. So many moving parts, man. I, it's been amazing following the progress of Tesla and uh, following Elon Musk for as long as I have, hearing about the woes in the paint shop. Like you did this really complex thing or seemingly really complex thing, which is figure out electric cars. Yeah, that thing. And giant batteries uh -huh. and actually making it all work. And you can't figure out paint. Like it almost doesn't seem right. Right, right. But then you come to realize that these things are have been figured out over the last, I don't know, 50 years. Refinement. Refine and refine. And you've got the, the Japanese and the German automakers that have been figuring this stuff out. And American to a certain extent. Uh, outside of Tesla, obviously, the, the uh, pre-existing ones. Like one of the complaints was they found, somebody found human hair embedded in the paint job. Oh, like somebody's hair got in it and nobody on the check, I guess on the quality control noticed it and whatever else. So as far as I know, when it comes to having an issue, Tesla does respond and they figure it out and the customer service is there, but it doesn't change the fact that your brand new vehicle, you don't, you want to drive it. You don't want to have it in the shop getting fixed. Yes. Exactly. And so it's an issue anyways. And, and it's too bad. They slid all the way down. I mean, I think people may be surprised to, uh, to, to, to see that. Now this particular study here this reliability survey collected data from members uh, with more than 300,000 vehicles as part of it so it's a big sample size and owners report everything that possibly went wrong with the car after as little as 5,000 miles so it's like early stuff problems things like that and uh, and it's not looking good for tesla so some people i saw a couple comments on this they're saying uh, i hope that 
stories like this continue to come out so I can buy more. So Tesla stock goes down and I can buy more of it <laughs> because I think most people recognize that this is growing pains type of problem. Yeah. yeah. Not like the major type, but it's the demand is so high. So the pace to make them is so high and deliver them. And so then you have some of these faults like this, mm -hmm. but customers who have Teslas, they love Teslas. I yeah. wonder if consumer reports was to ask these people with the issues, would you give up your Tesla because of it? They probably say no. I'll take it. Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of loyalty there. So exactly, but it is worth noting for somebody going into it to just kind of manage your expectations a little because they're still a new company and they're and they're learning. They're still out here learning in public while doing these deliveries. It's part of the gig. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything wrong with that, by the way. Like it's it's it, making cars seems like such a difficult undertaking given the amount of time that they've be even been in this compared to everyone else they're competing with as well as sending people to space oh yeah he's got other stuff going on as well that's true energy and all that stuff. this story caught me off guard i saw the headline and i was like is that real or am i getting am i getting baited here one plus buds were available for one dollar mm -hmm. that's a real thing that one plus did and then after those sold out, then they did the OnePlus Buds Z for $1 as well. Huh. They had this really weird promotion going on seemingly for, I don't know what the reason was. It wasn't Black Friday yet or anything like that. A $99 discount. Now, they obviously limited the number they were going to sell at that price significantly. I mean, it sold out in minutes, obviously. One, yeah. I mean, $1. Will, what can you get for yeah. $1? Well. You I would mean, always say to me, you can get uh, something from McDonald's for one dollar. What was it? The coffee was one dollar for a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah was it, it was. Uh, summertime. Usually, there's a one dollar coffee. A one dollar iced coffee. Small or medium. Which I think was probably the ultimate one dollar deal. Oh yeah. To to sure. find a one dollar iced coffee is pretty amazing. In the hot summer days. That's one dollar Canadian too. That's not even one dollar U.S. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice. Shout that's a nice McDonald's. deal. Of course, they want to. They want to bring you into the store, so then you buy. You know, the, I don't you buy know, extra, yeah. or something else, but. But it's kind of the same thing here. That's what I think OnePlus is doing with these promos. So it started with the uh, the Bud Z. Actually, they even brought the OnePlus Bullets wireless Z down to $1. They did it with all their different products. I think it's about awareness. Hmm. You just have this lost leader. You throw this out there. You, you, you do this impossible promotion. And it kind of takes care of itself. Instead of paying for ads or something like this, you yeah. just, your fans benefit. I don't mind the, the, I don't mind the concept. The only problem with it is somebody paid full pop five minutes previous. And then oh, they're like, right, people yeah. just got this for $1. Mm -hmm. So you get a little bit upset about that. But anyway, it's kind of a, a funky marketing tactic. And uh, no, don't go rush over there. It's all, it's all run out at this point. But I thought it was newsworthy nonetheless. You may want to keep an eye on the OnePlus brand because they're pulling off some stuff. I mean, they're calling it drop season. And maybe leading up to Black Friday. I'm just saying, I don't know for sure. But if you're going to do the buds for $1, what are you going to do with the phones? Right. I'm just putting it out there, Will. Dollar phone. Man, don't, do hold me on, don't hold me to anything. Well, what about what about a $100 phone? No, no. $1, no. all right. You want the $1 iced coffee, the $1 buds, and you want the $1 phone. That's Willie do in 2020. I'll tell you what. This one I got uh, the most common passwords that people are using in 2020. And they shouldn't be using them. And yeah. I'm sure you can guess exactly what they are. There's a couple surprises, but yeah. I'm sure you can guess. Coming in at number one, which went up two spots, 
million users. It takes less than a second to crack. Here's the password. Are you ready? One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> Coming at ya. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, have you ever used that for anything? I don't think I've used that one. No. I think, no, I however, I think I have used number four for like a Wi Fi uh, router or something before, just password. Yeah. I think I've done that for a Wi Fi for a Wi Fi router like way back in the day. The weird one is at number three, picture one. Yeah. And, and that thing came up a number of spots. It's new on the list. It was not in the top 10 last time around. So I'm not sure why people started using that. And then there's another funky one as well, uh, which is a, the word Senha, which is Senha. Portuguese for password. Oh. That one's also making its way up the ranks. This is part of a, a list that was published by NordPass, the, uh, the password management software. The top 200 most common passwords of the year. And this, of course, is to promote their service which is to showcase how dumb people's passwords are. And therefore, rather than you just get a password manager and just forget about it because you're like, yeah, you realize how dumb your password is. Well, it's also funny because if you're beside someone and then their password is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, you can actually see the movement of their hand. Oh, yeah, I could just watch you from here and know exactly what it is. So, yeah, it's... Uh, you're not strange. happy. Yeah, you're not happy about it. But anyway, people still use it. Of course, there are many nice uh, password manager applications out there that you can use in order to avoid this, or you can come up with something better. It's completely up to you. But uh, chances are most of you have used one of these dumb passwords at one point in time. All right, last one of the day, Cyberpunk 2077. People are playing the game. They're playing the game. In fact, IGN, somebody over at IGN got their hands on si the first 16 hours of the game. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, gameplay. Yeah, yeah. And previously, people have reported on the first four hours. This guy played the first sixteen hours. Of course, I watched this eight-minute clip to figure out what he had to say. He's also got quite the outfit going with the bow tie and everything else. He looks like he just spent sixteen hours playing uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven mm -hmm. early with the early access. Yeah, he's I would send him the early access if it was up to me. Yeah, he's the guy. Anyway, his, uh, some of his takeaways here, which might be interesting to you, he said this is maybe not the action game you anticipated. It's a little bit more, it's a little more slow paced. And for example, the first gunfight doesn't come until about four hours of gameplay. And the title screen comes after about four hours of gameplay. Mm. So it's a lot of build up and building and... Uh, a tremendous amount of flexibility onto what you're going to do in the world. I mean, he was saying you could go after that initial intro, you could go and start fights with pretty much everyone. Yeah. Or you could keep it more low key and, and be a bit stealth. And if you do go on a mission, you can get through some of this stuff without necessarily killing everybody in the whole place. There's different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And so he was saying it's a, maybe a little bit more uh, GTA than people had expected. And he, he wasn't, for, for the record, saying it was slow in such a way to ruin it for him. He said he's still very excited about it. Mm -hmm. But he was saying that it just might be slower than what some people expected looking at the promo clips and, and the way that it was being marketed. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Will? I, uh, yeah, I, in terms of their world building, it's, like, really phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like, everything that we figured, like, cyberpunk to be, 
they seem to make that mm. like reality so i mean shout out to them we'll we'll just see how the gameplay is it, it looks really impressive yeah and and, Reeves is and then the other part of it is obviously such an ambitious project a huge project far-reaching large world type of project so the other thing he was saying in his 16 hours there's a few edges that are a little unpolished which is to be expected but he was just trying to curb people's expectations a little bit because you know with the sometimes it gets out of hand you mm -hmm. want the perfection it's human beings at the end of the at the end of the day so yep. you go into it understanding that uh an ambitious project like this you give it a little bit of leeway as well especially when it first launches that's my recommendation but yeah. i'm excited for it nonetheless i don't know where i'm gonna get the hours to put into it i might have to live vicariously through you yeah i'll tell you all about it but i'm definitely gonna take a crack at it regardless we're getting closer to the eventual release cyberpunk 2077